chapter number 22 this morning. Yeah, assurance comes from the Word of God. Amen. You'll find it there. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 6. I appreciate this good day that God's given us. It's a comforting spirit here, isn't it? It's, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, I can just uh, relax in his spirit. Amen. Just one of those services to me. That's how I describe it. I can just, just relax in Jesus. Amen. Proverbs chapter number 22 and verse number 6. I told my kids yesterday, have I got a sermon for them? And I do, I think. This is a, uh, we've worshipped, we've uh, rejoiced in Jesus, amen. Now, I've, what's interesting about preaching is, is uh, it's what's exciting to me about preaching is I really don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen while I'm preaching. I don't know how the sermon's going to go. I don't know. I don't know what the personality of the sermon's going to be, the personality of the service is going to be. I, I don't know. That's what's exciting about it. We want God to have his way. Amen? That's what's wonderful about it. But uh, this sermon, if I, where I'm at right now, I, I don't know if it's, if, it's, if it's going to be a celebratory sermon about going to heaven. Amen? Especially not for the kids. But this is an instructive sermon, I believe, that God's given me. And I, I want you to know that I don't take preaching lightly. I don't at all. It's, it's the most serious part of my life. Um, I care about it so much. And I want you to know that whatever God gives me to preach, I'm not saying that because that's what preachers say. I really do try to find what God gives me to preach. Because if not, then what we're doing here is, is, is dishonest. It's what we're saying, what we're implying even right now is... We're saying that God is going to speak to us, and God's going to speak into our lives, and it better be what God says, and it better be what God has given, because if not, then it's man's idea, amen? So I want you to know I wrestle with it, and I, I worry about it, and I'm concerned about it, and it's a burden that I gladly carry um, to serve the Lord, what He's done for me, amen? So Proverbs chapter 22, verse number 6 Train up a child in the way he should go. And all the young people are like, oh no. <laughs> Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your grace, for this hour, for this church. How it, Lord, it, it helps us, it sustains us, it feeds us. Lord, we worship you because you're worthy of praise. Lord, I pray your word today would glorify your name, your word would impact our lives, and your word today, your word, your sermon that you gave us in our families in this moment in our lives would have an eternal difference, a lifelong difference, and it would be used to the sanctification of our lives here on earth that Christ, you would be more exalted, you'd be more glorified, and Lord, you would be seen through us in our families and through generations to come. And Lord, have us as moms and dads to surrender our lives to you so we, our, li our families could be blessed into the third and the fourth generation. Lord Jesus, I pray that we realize 
that our family religion will have a tremendous impact on the lives of our children and our grandchildren. Help us, Jesus. Lord, bring us to the seriousness of this occasion and this subject so, Lord, that we could... So that we could fully surrender and be fully submitted to the task of raising and influencing children for your glory. We love you, praise you, and thank you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'd like to talk to you today about that. About about the religion in your home. About family religion. Now, whatever you make a priority, that will be the priority of your family. Whatever it is. Whatever you emphasize, your children are going to grow up and they're going to think that that is the most important thing on earth. So whatever you emphasize or prioritize in your family's life will be the priority in most cases. Because this parable teaches that. You train up a child in the way he should go. Now, you're going to have to decide which way that is. And whatever, deci- whatever way you decide to train up the child in, then generally that's the way that child is going to go. It's going to go in the way that it's trained. Now, the elephant in the room here about this passage that a lot of Christian parents struggle with is this, is that many of you all did train up your child in the way that he or she should go, and for some of us, that child has went their own path. That child's went the wrong way. They went the way contrary to the way that you've raised them. I want you to know, first of all, this is a proverb. This is not a promise. This, this is not a promise that if you do this, this will happen. This is a general, a proverb is a general wisdom for life. So generally, whatever you train up a child to do, generally, this is what Solomon has observed through the wisdom of his eyes, Generally, that is the way that a child will go. The way that you train that child to go, generally speaking, will be the way that child does, in fact, go. Now, I'm glad that there are people, souls that are saved out of the most godless, wickedest homes. I'm glad that it's proven by many of our lives that where grace did, where sin did abound, grace did that much more abound. Amen? And these wonderful exceptions are praised and glorified to the, to the glorification of the grace of God in Christ Jesus. And it glorifies Jesus that He can save sinners no matter how lost that sinner can be. But the biblical pattern for your home is for you not to sin that grace should abound. The pattern for your home that God designed for your home to be is a home that is surrendered to Jesus Christ, that is surrendered to the love and value of Scripture and strives to follow Scripture and to raise children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, that is God's plan for your life. That's what God wants. 
train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, our text in verse 6 says that you have to train a child. You've got to train them. Now, if you've got to train your dogs, then absolutely you have to train your children. Now, some would say, are you saying that my child acts like a dog? Well, sometimes I'm sure it does. I got three children and I got a dog. <laughs> I know from experience. <laughs> Some people's dogs are more behaved than their children. Say amen. <laughs> Some people's dogs are quieter than their children. Amen. <laughs> a child has to be trained. Now we know this from experience and the word of God, Proverbs also says this about children, that foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. That a child acts foolish. A child lacks experience. A child don't know. A child needs direction. Children have to be shown. They have to be taught. They have to be loved. They have to be respected. But they have to be directed. Children have to be taught. I like the word train, don't you? Training's the idea that something, it's a repetitive lesson or, or value that is instilled over and over and over and over again until what we could say, that person's trained. They're trained. I, from my observation, my experience, we are seeing a generation of people that have been untrained. They're not trained at all. And we don't like the word trained anymore. We don't like the idea that there are certain values and moral standards that you are to be bound by because we're living in an age today like it is in the book of Judges where people do whatever is right according to their own eyes. They do whatever they think is right. We're living in a generation of people who have not been trained. Now, I'm preaching to my church. God has called me to pastor this church, and I am pastoring now. And I'm taking the Word of God by God's Spirit and His leadership in my life to instruct you and your family that it might be like that out there, but God's will for our church and our families and our children is that you train your children up in the Lord. Amen. That's God's will for you. Like Mama used to say, no matter what they do, it matters what you do. The world is not our example. The world is not our guide. The world is not our instructor. The world is not our leader. Train up a child in the way that he should go. Now here's some things I've learned from parenting in, in almost 12 years now. And from my life experience as a middle-aged man, that children have to be trained. Here's some observations I've made over the years. You cannot allow children to correct you as if they know more. You can't do that. Because you know why? They'll become wise in their own eyes. This might be a, maybe jot this one down. Here's my observations I've learned. Number one, you cannot allow children to correct you as if they know more than you. You can't do that. You have to train them they'll start thinking that they are your boss. You can't allow that to take place. Number two, things I've observed. You cannot allow children to be rude. You have to stop that. You cannot allow children to be rude. So train up a child, amen? 
If a child is correcting you, and a child is being rude to you, then they're going to do that as they get older. They're going to do it everywhere they go. They're going to be rude, and they're going to think they know everything about every subject, about every aspect of someone's life. They're going to think that they are the experts. Children have to be trained. Now, I know there's some few exceptions. I know that, absolutely. I know there are some special circumstances that some children are dealing with. But generally speaking, and God has given us the wisdom to know the difference, amen, I can tell when one of my children is being disobedient, I can tell when they're being unruly, or I can also tell when they just don't know. But generally speaking, children have to be trained, amen? They need to be trained. Number three, I've learned this. You cannot allow children to interrupt conversations. You can't do that. They have to be trained not to do it. Number four, you cannot allow children to break the rule after you have made the rule. You cannot allow children to break the rule that you just made. And lastly, things I've noticed through the years. You don't always allow them freedom of choice. Not all the time in every case. You say, what does all this matter? What does this matter to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Here's what it matters. Because if they can't sit in a Bible school class, they can't hear the gospel. If they can't sit in a church service, they can't hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. If they don't learn the fear of God and respect for God and respect of authority, and what they see in parents' lives is it should be a reflection and an image bearer of God. If they don't see that, then they're going to have no respect for God at all. Not at all. I, I want children, listen to me. I want you to take your Bibles, children, and turn to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians, and I'm going to turn there with you. And if, if you're not bringing your Bible, children, I want to encourage you to start bringing your Bibles to church because you're a part of what's going on here. And God has a plan for your life as a young person. And God wants to take the, His Word and He wants to impact your life. Children, look at Ephesians chapter number 6. Look at chapter number 6 and look at verse number 1. Ephesians chapter number 6. Maybe mom and dad help them. Ephesians chapter 6, look if you will at verse number 1 through 3. Children, that's you. God is speaking to you. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, God wants you to obey your mom and your dad. Look at verse 2. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Young people, here, what's that promise mean? Don't you wish there was 500 elementary school students in here right now. Don't you wish that? Don't you wish there were 35 high schoolers in here right now? Don't you wish there were 500 middle schoolers? Somebody would say, well, we couldn't even have a service. That's the point, amen? Children have to be trained if they're ever going to hear what God's Word has to say to their lives, amen? Listen, children. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, that thou mayest live long on the earth. 
So young people, obey mom and dad that you have a long life, a prosperous life. You know why? Because your parents know more than you do and you should listen to the wisdom of their experience and their knowledge of God's Word because you don't know what they know yet. Amen? It's practical, isn't it? Hey, don't go over there. This will happen. Hey, don't go that direction. This will be the result. Hey, don't get involved in that. Listen, I've seen it. I know you think I don't know nothing, but I know what I'm talking about. Don't get involved with those people because if you do, this will take place. Honor thy father and thy mother because they know more than you. Amen? They know more than you do. In my home, I've I've learned this from another minister of the gospel, and when I heard it, I thought, that's going to be the rules of the greenhouse. Here's the three rules in my family, and this might help you because it's helped me. Number one rule, there is no lying. No lying, amen? Number two, do not disrespect your mother. That's the second rule. And number three, obey the rules, amen? Because I don't know what the rules are going to be next week or what the rules might be six years from now. But the rules are no lying, respect your mother, and do not break the rules. Amen? And if they do those three things, then everybody's good. And when they don't do those three things, there must must be instruction or discipline to get back on track doing those three things. Because you know what? I don't want my kids raised up to be liars to disrespect women and mothers, and to think they can break any rule that somebody else made. I don't want them to live that way, do you? That's the rules of the Green family. Children not only have to be trained. It's tough, ain't it, kids? (laughs) Children not only have to be trained, but children have to be taught. Turn, if you will, to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter number 6. Deuteronomy chapter number 6. Look at, if you will, at verse number 4. Children have to be trained and children have to be taught. Now, teaching means showing and explaining. It's reason and instruction. It's not yelling. It's not screaming. It's not because I said, but rather, here's why I said. That's what teaching is. I'll say it again. It's not because I said. It's because here's why I said. It's not screaming. It's not yelling. It's not fussing. It's not fighting. It's teaching. Now, I know sometimes children have to be yelled at. You know what I mean? I know sometimes children have to have their attention. You have to get their attention. I know sometimes, children, there has to be a quick reaction. I know that. But training is different than teaching. Teaching is instructing, it's reason, it's logic. It is telling them why, and it's telling them the way that it is. I want to pause. I'm thinking about my dear mother and my dad, too. I think some of the generation's problem could have been solved if they spent a month in the greenhouse. I think things could have been different for some kids. I do that. I thank God for my upbringing, amen? I really do. There were, there were rules, and uh, they were enforced, and you were made to hold to them, and if you didn't, there were consequences, amen? And I appreciate that God, by His grace, gave me a home to be raised in like that. We weren't perfect by no means, were we? But I know this, she sure could straighten you up, amen? And if you've had mom and dads like that, praise the Lord, amen? Thank God for that. Amen? This generation thinks, well, I don't want to be mean to my children. Sometimes, I'll be honest with you, that was not the goal of my mother to make sure that she, 
that she didn't ever think that, that she was mean, that I would think she's mean. She wasn't worried about that. She wasn't trying to be my friend. She was trying to be my mother. And parents need to understand that. You can't be your kids' friends. You have to be their parents. You have to be the mom and you have to be the dad. They're going to have a lot of friends, but they're only going to have one mother. They're going to have a lot of friends. They're only going to have one father. Now, I know, I know fully, now I'm friends with my mother. And I was friends with my dad. But you understand what I'm saying. Children have to be trained. Amen? They have to be trained. Sometimes I see one of them kids at the Walmart and I think, you need to go to my mama's house. Amen, Pete? Could you do it? (laughs) You need to go over. Would you take a couple of Virginia just for about an hour? You know what to do, don't you? Amen. (laughs) She knows what to do. Amen. Children have to be trained and children have to be taught. Listen to the Word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 6. You still with me? Amen. This could change a family. You know that? It could change some. There's people here that don't have kids that are going to be parents. You know that? They need to hear some of this. Our church needs to hear this. Our families need to know this. Train up a child in the ways that is right. Deuteronomy chapter 6, children have to be taught. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, verse 4, our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day, God says, shall be in thine heart. So mom and dad, they're in your heart. But look at verse number 7. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them, when, notice talk, talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. That's a verb. It's something you should do. You should talk about the Lord, talk about His Word. Talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when you're driving to Target, when you're driving to Walmart, when you're driving to school, when you pick them up from school, you should be talking about God. It should come up, and you'll have opportunities because life needs the Lord in it, and you have to insert the Lord into the lives of your children, and it needs to be practical. Here's how God should deal with this. Here's how the Lord impacts this. Here's how you follow Jesus through that. Here's how you navigate dating with the Word of God. Life happens and they need the Lord's instruction in it. They have to be taught. Say, here's what the Bible says about this. Here's why me and your mom do this. Here's why I'm not doing this anymore. Here's why we used to behave that way, and now we don't. And here's the impact of what happens if we don't, and how it's positive, or how something is negative, according to the Word of God. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, or when you're in your car, and when thou liest down, when you're sitting on the chair or the couch at home, and when thou risest up. Teach your children about the Lord. You have to teach them about creation. You have to teach them that God created the heavens and the earth. You have to mock and laugh at things that are ungodly sometimes. The other day, Nathan, it was a YouTube video about some science thing, and it was some, some 
ridiculous statement that they assumed, you know, that sounds so knowledgeable. And I was in the kitchen and I laughed. I said, they don't know that. They don't know that. Children need to know that God created the heavens and the earth. Children need to know how the flood fits into scientifically and into the geography and the, of the earth. And they need to know things like that. They need to know it. Children need to learn about worship, amen? Children need to know that Jesus is to be praised. And children need to sometimes see their parents praising God, saying, thank God. God helped us today. God blessed us today. God came through today. Children need to hear that. They need to hear that. Children need to learn about modesty, amen? They need to know that. Hey, we're not going to the beach. We're going to church, amen? You can't wear that. We're going to church. We're not going to the beach. You can wear that in some places if it's modest, but you can't wear it. We're going to a funeral. You're going, they have to learn. They have to be taught. They have to be trained. There has to be discipline. There has to be restraints. You, then, you can't have the freedom of choice to do what you want to all the time. You're not in charge. Sometimes you have to be this way, and sometimes the situation requires this. There's a time to laugh, and sometimes you better not utter a word. There's a time. I remember one of the worst spankings me and Sean ever got. We was at one of these funeral homes around here, and we were back there in the corner, and we were causing a scene at a funeral home. See, I had to be trained. Now I don't do that, I don't think. <laughs> have to be trained to behave. And we, me and Sean were back there scuffling in the corner. And one of the, I don't know if I was in the chair or he was in the chair. You remember it, Sean, and you was in the chair. And that thing reared back and hit the wall. We put a mark on the wall in the chapel of the funeral home. And my mother's eyeballs made contact with ours, and we melted. And we knew what was going to happen. We knew it. I mean, I knew it. <laughs> and she followed through. And parents, follow through. Follow through. Amen? Follow through. Children have to be taught about sexuality. Because if you don't, they're going to. You're going to have to have the courage and the guts to do it. You're going to have to rear back without a quiver in your voice and don't act all slinky and skittish. and uh, Don't do that. You be tough. You do what's right because you're training them and you're teaching them. And stand up not like you're submitting unto them and stand up and be the leader and just talk about it. Talk about it. And talk about how good it is if God's in it. And talk about how the marriage bed is undefiled according to the book of Hebrews. And talk about how God has good plans for your life if you'll wait and you'll be pure and you'll follow Jesus and that God will make something wonderful out of your life and your family and you'll be blessed, you'll be blessed, you'll be blessed on earth if you hear the instructions of your Father. Children have to be taught they have to be taught about marriage. They have to be taught about the covenant of marriage. They have to be taught about dating. Amen? Where are you going? Who are you going with? I don't know her. I don't know her family. I don't know what they believe. I don't know where you're going. I don't know what's going to happen when you get there. I'm sorry, you can't go. Then let them do it. Sometimes a good laugh. I remember one time Nathan, he probably don't want to hear this. He probably don't remember. 
He was pitching one of them toddler fits in the living room floor. It was a good one, Sherry. I mean, he was a good Nathan. It was a good one. He was letting her roll. You know, I knew he was faking it. I knew it. Them toddlers fake it. You know that? They're fakers. And they're liars. And they're troublemakers. And they're little animals, ain't they? They're animals. They have to be taught. They have to be trained. And he was letting one roll right there in the living room. And he was looking at me out of the corner of his eye. And he was kicking and he was fighting and he was screaming. And he was slobbering and he was crying and it was fake. I knew the whole thing was fake. And he was wanting my attention. And I got up from the couch and I literally stepped over his body. Walked right into the kitchen and he quit, Bryson. He was looking at me like I was crazy. I was like, didn't you see? Didn't you see what I was up to? Yeah, we don't communicate that way. You don't whine to get your way. See, teaching, instruction. This could change somebody's family. You know that? And let me say something. Fathers, don't provoke your children into wrath. I could have yanked him up by the handle God gave parents to hold on to their children. It is a handle. And sometimes you've got to use it, you know? Chicken, link, chicken wing. I could have done it. I could have done it. But most occasions don't require it. You don't have to yell and scream over every little trivial thing that happens in your house. You know why? Because sometimes you're going to have to yell or scream to stop the kid from running out into traffic. And if they're used to hearing it all the time and it's the common language of the home, it loses its bite. Loses its bite. I think I've shared with this before, but some of the children that are the unruliest, the wildest are the ones who their parents do nothing but yell and fuss and scream. And there's never any teaching and there's never any instructions and the kids could care less that mama is pitching a fit. Care less. There's no follow through. There's no bite to the bark. Children have to be taught. Amen. Be taught. I know it's coming. You ain't wearing that. I'm sorry. Children have to be taught and instructed. When you go here, you have to act like this. Because you, have you noticed, and I'm about through, we are living in an undisciplined society. And you can't even reach people's hearts anymore with the Word of God because in them is a seat of rebellion that was not conquered when they were children. And if you don't break a child's will when it's younger, it'll break your heart and it'll break the law later on and it will break the law of God, they have to be trained. Amen? Trained. Now, I don't mean a shot caller. <laughs> that would work, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> they have to be trained. Amen. Trained. In the Lord. In. And who is thy neighbor? Your children are also your neighbor. Love thy neighbor as yourself. Amen? Now, last thing. Some, and I know the, what happens a lot, sermons like this, is that there's always this, maybe this insecurity that maybe like you might think, well, I don't know enough about the Word of God to impact like I want to. First of all, I just want to say this. A lot can be solved by just loving your children. Amen. I mean, just love them, love them in the Lord and teach them and instruct them. 
And your conscience that God's given you goes a long way. And your wisdom and your observations that you've noticed put two and two together. If they start going down that road and you know where that road is going to end up, you got to get them off that road. You have to, if you know it. But there's a cooperation between this church and your family. God, according to the book of Ephesians, He's given gifts to the church, some prophets, some apostles, some evangelists, some preachers, and some pastors, to what? For the perfecting of the saints. In the book of Nehemiah, chapter number 8, the Bible says that they gathered together the people, in verse number 1, and all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street was before the water gate, and they spake unto Ezra the scribe, to bring the book of the law to Moses and the Lord had commanded, which the Lord had commanded Israel. In verse 5, excuse me, in verse number 4, and Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood. And in verse number 5, Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. So the moms and the dads, after Nehemiah built the wall, they got together to Ezra the prophet and they said, Teach us the Bible. Teach us the Bible. For what? In verse 13, And on the second day were gathered together the chief of the fathers and of all the people and the priests and the Levites unto Ezra the scribe, even to understand the words of the law. What's happening here? Moms and dads were saying to Ezra, here's the short, here's the short story. They come to Ezra and they said, Hey Ezra, teach me the Bible so I can teach them diligently unto my children. So there should be a cooperation between the preaching of God's Word and it should, you go to church, but you should go from church and this use the sermon as a lesson for the week. Use what God gave us and instruct that into your children. Say, you heard what the preacher said. You heard what the pastor taught. Do you remember in that part of the sermon where God's talked about that? That's it. You, this should be lived. This should be, this should be the reality of our lives. Take the sermon and put it inside your family. Take what God's given us and use that to teach your children about the Bible. Ask them, what did you think about Sunday school? What did you learn today? And use it in their lives. God has given us help. That we don't have to be Bible experts. Listen, yesterday, I'm about through, while, while you all were living, and I'm, I'm telling you because I want to do this, while you all were busy about your day, I was downstairs in my basement praying and seeking God to build this sermon so God could use it to sanctify our lives and change our church. Then use that. Use that in your life and teach them to your children. Brittany, she calls it pew training. There comes a time, listen, I'm about through, a child becomes a certain age, they need to start listening to the sermon. They need to start watching the service. They need to start soaking in the program that God has given us to change and save our children from eternal damnation and hell. Hey, you need to pay attention and listen to what God is doing right now. Amen?
Let's stand to our feet. Page 157. Amen.